You do it live. You do it live. You do it live. You do it live. Please, won't you be my neighbor, neighbor and friend? Hello, everybody. Welcome to You, Me, Them, Everybody. My name is Brandon Weatherby. We're going to do a talk show. Oh, that's so nice of all of you. So, uh, yeah, we're going to do a talk show, which means we're going to just critique the city of Chicago. They, they are fantastic. Uh, it feels like we're doing this in a basement. There are no streetlights, four blocks anywhere. Uh, it's fantastic. I love the weather here. I love everything about it, and that's why I'm never going to move ever. That's oh, it's a lie. I, I don't live here anymore for a reason. Yeah, I grew up in the worst time for music ever. I'm 28, which means 13 to 16, the most formative years of music, were, uh, were, were awful. The most popular bands in popular rock and roll were Korn and Limp Bizkit. And I went to their shows, and I never knew why. I went to the first Family Values Tour, the Family Values Tour in 1998. Stellar lineup. I was 14. We went to the then Rosemont Horizon. We sat in the nosebleed seats with people whose names I can't remember. Even though there's Facebook, I still have no idea who they were, and there's a good reason for that. There were five acts on that bill. Corn headlined, K-O-R-N, backwards N. Literally, that's how you're supposed to spell it. Limb Biscuit, it's a good band, good, good, good band. Ice Cube, one of the most non-threatening men ever that wore a Los Angeles Raiders hat. Orgy, because name one song besides their cover of Blue Monday. And Rammstein. Rammstein wasn't even supposed to be on the bill. It was supposed to be Rob Zombie. But due to technical issues, technical issues being Rob Zombie's show per night cost $125,000, they weren't included on the bill. Instead, we got a German pseudo-industrial band that sprayed fake cum 30 rows into the audience, which is actually awesome. And I highly recommend seeing Rammstein. It's a fantastic show. I don't know what, what they're saying. And the Holocaust now makes sense. Two-fifths. It's not offensive. They killed people, not me. <laughs> Two-fifths of that, uh, that lineup made a children's film three years ago. The Long Shot, starring Ice Cube, directed by Fred Durst. That's the legacy. That's true. Look it up on IMDb right now. It was Fred Durst's second film. That exists. No one mentions that. Ever. He was a guy on House. Season finale two seasons ago, he played a bartender, carried over into the season opener of the next season. Anyways, that's not the point. The point is, I grew up in a shit time, and like most of you, you grew up in a shit time. We're supposed to remember those years as the best music you'll ever hear, but it's hard to be the best music ever when you're a derivative of a derivative, or you sound like the WWF intro for Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> By the way, Stone Cold was awesome, and he married a British woman Go rent the documentary, documentaries in quotes, ladies and gentlemen at home, of Stone Cold's life. He married a British woman. He is the cutest kid ever. I don't know. Um, what end of the decade, what end of the decade for me growing up in Chicago was the Smashing Pumpkins final, f final, once again, giant quotes, final tour. They, they did two nights, one night at the United Center and one night at Metro. And they did two specials for that. One of the specials was they were on Sound Opinions, which was then on WXRT, and they did a great interview, and I learned a lot about the band. And then the night of the United Center show, um, there was an interview before the radio station, before Q101, uh, live-streamed, I guess, live-broadcasted the show. And that was an amazing show. And our first guest conducted the interview. James Van Oslo conducted that interview with uh, Mr. Corgan, and I want to say Chamberlain, but I'm sure he was just on heroin. Also, if you're going to be on heroin, you should look like Jimmy Chamberlain. That guy's massive. Good for him. Um, that was the moment I realized I don't want to be known as a musician because they're illiterate. Musicians are idiots. By the way, we have some fantastic musicians that are going to entertain you. Um, and I realized I had a lot more in common with the DJ than with the band. And uh, I think the only way I'm going to have more in common with the band is if we make a shitload of money and I go through an awesome coke period. And I think together we can make that happen. So ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, I'm going to introduce the lineup for the show. Then you're going to clap. And then Trevor's going to play. And then Merle and I are going to talk. And we're going to have a fantastic time. So our first guest of the evening is James Van Oslo. He's a Q&A1 DJ. Please put your hands together for James Van Oslo. We have Chicagoist Editor-in-Chief Chuck Sudo. Please put your hands together for Chuck. Comedy from Dan Ronan. Dan's a great comic. I really enjoy him. And then closing out the night, we have music from 
Good evening, Esmeralda is my co-host. Trevor, will you play some tunes for a little bit? Trevor McSpadden, everybody. Trevor McSpadden. Waited long enough for the healing To have had the time to run its course I was left battered and bruised but breathing Laid up all along so I could mourn Took a little longer than I was expecting But I'm alright now, so look at them girls I'm ready to get hurt again My heart's been too long on the mend All my patience has worn thin I'm ready to get hurt again Trevor McSpadden, everybody. Please put your hands ready. <laughs> Trevor's going to be playing songs throughout the night. Trevor's one of my favorites, and I'm sure he wasn't a Smashing Pumpkins fan. Merle, what are our stories for the evening? Uh, apparently, World of Warcraft is the future of online dating. Explain, please. I don't, the, wait, the, wait, really quick. Was that someone a, just or a boo? Okay, I've never heard uh, someone be proud of World of Warcraft ever in, yeah, right? li- in life, in physical life. Why, why is this the future of dating? All right, so... This was a piece in the Times, and uh, it's, it's just a bunch of reasons why this is going to be better than Match.com, which, reading the article, it kind of makes sense. Elaborate. Like, playing WoW is like going on a date, because you're that little avatar fella, you're uh-huh. a nun, elf, or a whatever the fuck they are with horns, and they, you know, you and your other person, they go off and you fight dragons. Because that's what you do on dates. Shoot things. It's much better than going to a shitty ass movie and then eating food in a terrible restaurant. Why is your life so negative? <laughs> oh wow, that's just bomb. Next story. <laughs> we have to be honest with ourselves. Jesus Christ, sometimes it just doesn't work. Uh, an Elgin, uh, a man in uh, Elgin, Illinois choked a man at a, at a one-year-old's party. Yes. yes I love he did. that. That is great. It's very reminiscent of of my childhood. No one was choking people at parties, but, I mean, my, uh, essentially, my seventh birthday consisted of my family just getting wasted in front of all the kids. Did they punch each other? Probably not, but I'm sure there was some sort of altercation. I mean, there was booze, but that's usually, that was what children's parties were for in my house. We're kind of like A a reason to drink. Why is that bad? Because there's kids. All right. We have... We have different opinions on I children. Had, I once went to a party. There's a piñata. This, like, 50-year-old woman fell on me because she yeah. was wasted How trying old? to grab candy. How old were you? Oh, I was, like, 10. That's fantastic. Why didn't she... you open with that story? <laughs> I don't know. It just hit me that that old, that woman just... Literally hit you. She landed on me. Was she, she a big fell. woman? She was. Was she thick? Yeah. That's cool. So it was kind of cushy. But Next not story. Really. <laughs> Slut walk... Is coming to Chicago. If anyone heard about this, in Toronto, the police said that uh, women should avoid dressing like sluts in order to not be victimized. So then some people decided... Wait, Toronto? Yeah, in Toronto. Yeah, you think it's so progressive, Yeah, you think it's progressive. Nope. No. Uh, No, so these people decided to slut it up by marching. They're going to march, and they're going to do it in Chicago June 4th. Hey, if this was Leno, we'd say, hey, isn't that Russian Division? Or if this was Leno, we'd say, hey, isn't that Wrigleyville? And then I would fucking stab myself like the guy from Bend, Oregon, and an open mic. Continue. Next story. I know. I just like the idea that, you know, there's going to be a march, and I hope everyone just sluts it up left and right. Yeah, I know. Even guys in little half shirts and short shorts. That's just being awesome. Speaking of which, thanks for missing the season finale of Drag Race. It's not a joke. That is the good damn best show ever, and I appreciate that you spent your time here, and I will, I will do my best to be your drag queen of the evening. Are you gonna, you're going to RuPaul it up? I fucking want to RuPaul it up, man. So bad. Are you going to be Ru-jealous? I am going to be Ru-jealous. You're going to make people Ru-jealous? That sounds like a great lipstick. Is that up for the stories? That's it. All right. <laughs> Coming to the stage, please put your hands together, everybody. For James Van Osdell, everybody, James Van Osdell. Hey, well, here's another song about the blues. Here's another song about heartache. I'm just another loser in love. I'm just another villain in bad shape. Trevor is awesome. Thanks for doing that, buddy. How are you? It's good to be I'm here. I'm good. Right. Okay, this is why we're nervous. We grew up 
in the area. We've listened to you. You're the only one that wasn't douchey. <laughs> yeah. Why does your station hire only douchebag except you? <laughs> Let's be clear. The station did fire me a couple years ago. That's what I love yeah. about this story. Yeah. You, yeah, you were like the main guy in the 90s and the early aughts. Is that correct? I, according to you. I, I don't know if that's accurate. And then you went to... I know you were at XRT for a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think you were at The Mix for a little bit. I was at The Mix for like two months. That was hell on earth. Really? Come on. How was Eric and or Kathy? They're all very nice. Hey, let, me, let me explain... Let me explain the way, way radio works. Contrary to, way, to what your parents may believe, when you're in a studio, you're running stuff off, songs off a computer. You're pushing buttons. The mix is one computer. You don't manipulate anything. You just push like a next button to go song by song. That sounds great. It is. It is the most constraining way to do live radio. It's just, okay, Beyonce, click, four minutes. Taylor Swift, click. It was, it was brutal. You just cash checks and w- listen to pop music. Pretty much. That's awesome. Why would you ever want to leave that? <laughs> Do you get to play anything you want right now on the radio? You're asking that knowing full well what the answer is. I'm thinking that you might get to play two songs an hour you want to play. Sure, Brandon. Oh, that's depressing. No, I'm, 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 I'm saying sure. Oh, man. Your Twitter feed is great because you seem to hate your listeners. Oh, stop that. That's not true at all. That is not true fine, at all. Fine, fine, fine. You seem to hate the people that call in that don't follow you on Twitter. That's not true either. Okay, okay, okay. Then explain no, the last I, eight tweets of the day. Stop it. I, I love people who want to interact. I mean, come on. I, I, the people who text in and tell me to you know, fuck myself, I'm not a fan of. See, and, and that's a lot of okay. 14-year-olds. Well, uh, full adults have mobile oh, phones as well. Oh, yeah. yeah, it really is. Okay, let's, how did you get involved in radio? What made you want to do this? You, it's you a boring to... story. Is it... I started as an intern. I worked really hard. For I got three, that. For no, 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 no. The why. Why did you want to do that? Uh, you know, growing up, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be around music. I wanted to, obviously, I couldn't play it. I wanted to, you know, have an excuse to talk about it. Where that was you, it. Where did you grow up? Skokie. Really? Yeah. Niles West, go Indians. Yeah, yeah, you're one of the few DJs that doesn't like travel everywhere. That that hasn't. Yeah, yeah. Was I, I was really lucky. I, I started in Chicago. That does not happen. Yeah, that's very odd. Is that why don't you leave? Why haven't you left? Lived here all my life. Why would you leave Chicago? Oh. No, it's okay. You have a job. <laughs> I didn't. It right. makes sense. This is weird, by the way. Why is it weird? I don't know. You're making it weird. Yeah, I know. I, I made all of this weird. I know that. I'm just like, I can't believe that you're here. I'm sorry. That's got to be even more awkward for you. You were writing a book. I think you, you finished as well as The History of Chicago Music in the 90s. That was a failure. I, I had a book deal for that. Okay. And uh, long story made really short. I lost the book deal. And it just kind of sat on a shelf. Then I thought, okay, I'm going to try to crowdsource the publication of this book. So I went to Kickstarter, yeah. which is you know, a great site, really well done. One of the guys who created it is from Chicago. Worked really hard to generate the funds to self-publish. Came about $3,000 short. So after there's a finite window. You have up to 90 days. Yeah. If you don't get funded, it doesn't work. So at that point, I walked away from the book entirely. So that book that I worked on for many years is just languishing on a metaphorical shelf. Will I ever be able to read that book? Maybe. I mean, I'm at a point, honestly, after losing a book deal and after trying to go through the Kickstarter process, I found the whole experience pretty demoralizing. Really? I'm not sure if I want to go back to it. I'm in in no hurry. Well, the reason why I brought it up is because you are about to publish a book. Right. That's not this book. It's a a book of... (laughs) What? No, it's true. It sounds weird, but yeah. No, it's, it's great. You've, I saw it in your blog, I think, today. That you got the artwork for it. Like, it's in motion. It's going to happen. It's a visual podcast, sir. It's a vi- well, there are people here. We need to acknowledge that there are two audiences. There's the internet audience. That's true. Here's the cover to the book I'm publishing soon. Pretty cool? It looks amazing. Thank you. Yeah, you know, I decided I wanted to get something published. I wanted to do something on my own. So I thought, okay, what... What do I have to do? So I grabbed a bunch of things I wrote about music, and I just compiled them, I formatted them, provided context, and I'm just, I, I want to get something out there, and I wanted to do it myself, and that's what I'm doing. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, when is this going to come out? I, I want to read this book. I, honestly, as soon as I finish tightening up the manuscript, and that's just it's strictly like 
indents and paragraphs and stuff like that. It, it's awesome. done. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I have a cover. In addition to music, in addition to DJing, you're also a big comic book fan. <laughs> yeah. Why is that funny? It's awesome. Well, uh, there, there are girls here, and they sneer. Aren't you married? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay, who cares? Uh, good point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and actually, that was a wonderful moment in the early stages of my relationship. I, I said to my wife, we were driving down Sheridan Road, I have something to tell you. And, you know, it's one of those panic moments. Holy shit, you know, he, he's killed a man. What has he done? I said, I collect comic books. Yeah. I've got like 15 of those long boxes at home. Yeah. She didn't flinch. Does she read any comic books? Occasionally she'll read a swamp thing if I put it in front of her. Really? Yeah. You're, you're into the superheroes with tights. You're not into the graphic novels. I, okay, I don't, I'll read Vertigo comics. If, any, if this doesn't make sense or it doesn't matter to you, I'm We're sorry. We're a podcast. It makes sense to people okay. at home. Trust me. <laughs> I don't get the mature reader comics. They have nudity and violence and profanity. And I'm a fan of all. I like nudity, yeah. violence, and profanity. It's just fucking weird to look at it in a comic book. And there's this sketchy, naked woman having sex with a goat man. It, 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 it's just not... I, I, I'll stick with Batman. Is Batman sad? Well, yeah, by definition. Yeah, sad. His, his parents were gunned down in front of him. Fuck him. Hey, fuck Batman. He's just a rich kid. That's his power, being rich. He had a butler. That's an awesome power. Yeah, it's great. But come on, man. Bill Gates, superhero. Yeah? Nope, that bombed. <laughs> what do you like about DJing? Is it any fun anymore? I, I, of course it's fun. I mean, what I do isn't... I'm not splitting the atom. I'm sitting by myself in a room. I've got Sci-Fi Network on one screen, Cartoon Network on the other, and I'm you know, making jokes and yeah. playing music. By definition, that's fun. Was it better in the 90s? I know that's a weird open-ended question, but I mean... It's weird for me because I don't do it full-time anymore, so yeah. I don't have that perspective. I will say when I did it full-time, it was fun because you know, I, I, I would have different things going on every night. Okay, this band is going to come in. I've got to prepare for that. Or I'd have you know, live performances going on. That was exciting. I mean, there was a thrill to that you know, kind of chaos. Um, for a weekend gig, which is what I'm doing now. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like a kick-ass hobby. What's your favorite band that you listen to at home? Wow, that's, that, that truly, I mean, that's, that's the hardest question in the world. Um, I'll tell you what I listened to on my way here. Fantastic. Um, and it's funny you mentioned Rammstein. I was listening to Pussy by Rammstein on my way here. <laughs> Were you really? It popped up on my iPod. It is the worst song ever oh, written. Oh, they're awful. But awesome at the live. same time. They're great right, live. Pyro. Yes. Um, yeah, it is, it is hilariously bad. I was listening to that. Uh, my iPod rolled through Mojo Nixon, who I haven't listened to in a million years. I, I'm older than you, Brandon. No, I know um, who he is. Okay. Don't you, worry. You kids today, and you're ignorant. With our lack of loving Mojo Nixon. Right, that's, your that's, family value shows. And, you yeah, know, oh, Jesus. Your Ozfests. I didn't go to Ozfest. Uh, but, you know, I listen. I've been to a couple Ozfests. Then don't make fun. Well, you I, I'm up because I fear. Did you ever have to work the van and do all the promo stuff? Not really. Really? You got so lucky, kind of. <laughs> kind of. Kind of. Um, but, but to go back to your question, to bring it back, um, I listen to everything. I really, I, you know, I think Hoyle Brothers kick ass. I mean, I like, I like all kinds of stuff, for real. Who's good locally? Who should people know about? I mean, Empires has a lot of buzz. It, it, that's a tough one to answer. Empires, uh, local Chicago band who's in the current issue of Rolling Stone in a hair ad. That's not a joke. They're on page four of Rolling Stone with Adele on the cover. Check that out. Hair looks fantastic. You hear about Smith Westerns and stuff like that. There, there's a lot going on. And I, the only reason I don't like being asked that question is I feel like I'm dismissing a whole lot of good stuff when I'm asked off the cuff. I, I like to be respectful of the people in the so scene. nice. I am nice. Uh, you st- I really like following you on Twitter because occasionally you'll do the marathon shows, <laughs> and they're fantastic, and it's like being there. That's not a question. That's stupid. I'm sorry. No, that, I like Twitter. I mean, I really I, – I think Facebook is awful. I, I really do. Why? I, I think – well, okay, first of all, I think Facebook is for girls. Secondly, it, like, <laughs> like all that awkwardness you had in high do school – Do you hate girls? Yeah, clearly. Now, all that awkwardness from high school, the social competition and all that, if you liked it in high school, well, now we're going to put it on your fucking mobile phone, we're going to put it on your desktop at home, we're going to put it at your work. I hate it. It's like a social arms race. This, this 
these relationships and, oh, do I, ha- do I have to approve this person from high school who's kind of a dick? Oh, wait, but my mom's on Facebook now. Wait, my mom's on Facebook. What am I even doing here in the first place? Not a Facebook fan. But the point, uh, Twitter, I think it's a great medium. It's connected me with a lot of people, um, like really smart people. In the media, going back to radio, for years, there, there were giant walls between radio formats and certainly between the different aspects of Chicago media, television, print, I think Twitter has been instrumental in kind of leveling those walls. And I, there's open communication being shared across all these different mediums. And I, th- I think it's amazing. Yeah. It, it connected me with you, I mean, which... I kind of harassed him on Twitter for like four months until he responded to me. That's, that's how we get all our guests. We just harass yeah. them. <laughs> that's how you have to do it. But I, I think it's a really great thing. And I, I find I have a better sense of communication and better relationship with people, like an audience, through Twitter than I ever did on the radio. It sounds like an exaggeration, but I believe that. No, it makes complete sense. I mean, I feel like my generation, once again, uh, we're the last people not involved in that. So, like, when we were in college, it really impacted everything. And that's what I wanted to ask about. What's your audience like now? Because when we were growing up, when Ron and I were growing up, we kind of either had to listen to you guys or sure. other they're, they're, like when we had the internet we were so dumb we were still just downloading Metallica albums like we didn't get that there were other bands out there um, what's the what's your audience makeup like now it's hard to say I, I do know that the way they respond is different I mean back going back to the 90s I, I hate making myself sound dated, dated and old but back in the 90s you'd have a request line and it would ring Nonstop. Really? I mean, those lines would be lit up the second you walked in. I mean, now it's, you know, cute crickets chirping when you look at the phone. No one uses the phone anymore. Yeah. It's all, I mean, it's all SMS-based. So it's harder to get a sense of who's on the other end because it's all text messages or yeah. tweets. Or... Fair enough. What one comic should people be reading right now? Mm-hmm. I like that you considered this question longer than any other yeah. question. <laughs> Don't want to lead people astray. Um, it, it's funny. I, I used to be one of those guys who'd go to the comic book store every Wednesday. What's your and, comic book store? Uh, Challengers Comics on Western Avenue by Armitage. That's a new one. It's uh, like two or three years they, old. I think they, yeah, they just celebrated their 30-year yeah. anniversary. I, I used to be one of those guys who'd get comics every week. And then the economy was not so much. Yes. And I had to completely wipe out my list. So I find that... All right, tamale, the tamale guy's here. That's yeah. fantastic. Um, but <laughs> It time stamps our show every time. Yes. <laughs> Wait, no offense, man, but Claudio, we got to start getting a cut from the consistent plugs to 14-year-old males around the country. I mean, they're going to love you. Never mind. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, so I, I, I'm not as current with comics simply because it really was a financial thing that kind of pushed me in that direction. Yeah. I've become more of a graphic novel, you know, buy the trade paperback. I'm, I'm with you. Collected editions. It's so much easier, too. You don't also tend to care about what happens to the graphic novel. Like, you realize this is never going to – you're not going to board and bag it. You're just right. done with it. They look cooler on a shelf than a bunch of... They do. We, get, we nerded it up. It was fun. It's all good. Uh, what's the goal besides getting the book published? What's the, the next the, My life for? goal? Yeah. Well, you're, you're, we could just plug some stuff. You're consistently blogging. I, I am consistently blogging. I blog for Chicago Now, which is the Tribune Company's mm-hmm. big blog aggregate. Uh, they have, I think, an open admissions policy, if you've seen some of the blogs on the Chicago Now. Yours Never. is good. Thanks. Um, you know, I like no, to, but say the name of it. I like the name of it. Uh, okay. When I first signed on to Chicago Now, they said, well, you need a name for your blog, yeah. a catchy name. And it's kind of like going back to radio. When I first started in radio, they said, well, you need to have a radio name. I'm like, really? Like, I, I never wanted to be, you know, La Douchebag or all the wacky radio names. You know, that's I, a good name, actually. It is. It, well, it's French. Um, <laughs> but I, and I eventually, you know, made it so that I would use my own name. But when I started with Chicago Now, they said, you need a name for your blog. Yeah. It can't just be James Van Hostel's blog. No, you need a name. So I came up with a name that maintained my initials so I could at least carry it through. So I've been nicknamed. It's not technically my initials. Uh, JVO, so I just called it Journal of Vitriolic Observations. Not much vitriol, but I needed something to fit the it's V slot. I like yeah. it. So uh, I, I like to write... I'm doing this self-published book. I, I really want, you know, some people want to run a marathon. They, they, they want to have that sense of personal satisfaction. Some people want to climb a mountain. Or this, for me, doing this start to finish from scratch all on my own, this was something I wanted to do for personal accomplishment. I'm going to do this. I'll, I'll ride this for a while and see where to go from there. That's fantastic. Anything you want to plug before you get out of here? I just did. Fantastic. We have a prize. Our prize we have prizes for him. We give people presents. 
Uh, here is yes. Bill Curtis's on assignment. I thought because I think at least I think uh, Bill Curtis is quite a Chicago institution, and I think you are very much a Chicago institution. So there you this go. This night's been nothing but payoff. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank this you. Is, I appreciate this. I'm I'm going to wear this home. James Van Ossel, everybody. Trevor, I didn't realize you had such an intimate relationship with Claudio. He really wanted to say goodbye to you, and I wanted to ask you that question while you didn't have a microphone on. Merle, will you please? Well, yeah, so you talk about timestamps. So every Friday, the Hoyle brothers play at the Empty Bottle for Honky Tonk Happy Hour. And at about 6.55 every Friday, Claudio comes in. And we've got a song that we do for him. You know, it's a big part of the show. Whatever song we might be playing, you know, I sort of stop and, and yammer on about Claudio and how great his tamales are. And I always end the, the routine with the most important bit of information that you need to know about Claudio's hot tamales is that they're low-fat. Really? Those are low-fat tamales? Well, a lot of people don't know that, but yeah, they are. I think he's just lying to you. Well, yeah, I just made that up. That's I fantastic. No <laughs> Coming to the stage, everybody. Please put your hands together for Chicago Saturn-in-Chief, Chuck Sudo, everybody. Chuck Sudo. It's so great. I know. We've had Oh, my God. Ooh, beer. Alcohol. You're going to regret that. No, I don't think so. I brought you a gift. Okay, Chuck brought me a gift. What is this? This is an unmarked bottle. That's, uh, well, every Christmas I make glug. Are you serious? Um, yeah. All right. Let's and I was clearing out my kitchen sink cabinet this afternoon, and I found that piled way back. Are you sure it's clog and not, I don't know, cleaner? No, it, it, it was, no, I'm positive. It was, right, it was okay, definitely good. right next to the humidifier <laughs> descaler. What exactly so. is this? I know glue. Well, what is that? It's a, it's a combination of mulled wine and mulled alcohol. So How should I drink it? Warm. Really? Drink, yeah, so should I should dump the ice out of this glass? Definitely dump. Merle, give me your glass. Yeah, dump the ice out of the glass. It's, you know, again, it's five years old, so it's going to be really, really sweet. It may be a little bit turned. Will I die <laughs> if I drink this whole bottle? No, this will be good if you die on stage on do you, mic. Do you know how to put up the podcast? No. All right. So well, this then, might don't be a very die. Special show. So, so yeah, just drink it and then uh, put up the podcast and then die. It smells spicy. It is. What yeah. exactly goes into this? Well, uh, you do you, you know with the, since it's the mulled wine, you do a lot of you know just regular spices like cinnamon, nutmeg, allspice, and then there's also brandy in there. It's got a kick. Yeah, and <laughs> oh, is it still good? That's not bad. Christ, kind of. This is fun. Surprisingly well. Oh, oh, Jesus! Yeah, <laughs> I got a flight at six a.m. Going straight to work with children. You think I should drink this whole bottle? Because I'm going with yes. You know the children would love your Technicolor yawns. <laughs> that sounds like a shitty band, Technicolor yawns. Yeah, probably somebody who played you know Family Values. Oh God, why did I even mention that? <laughs> I had, thought it was a good idea. Should I like? How does this relate to anything, by the way, that you brought me a gift? I'm not complaining. Well, you told me, you know, in the emails leading up to this, you know, you know we're just going to be a, you know, a very, lo- a very oh, loose Oh, this is talk very show. loose. And then, the, you know, there'll be gifts at the end. And I'm thinking, well, you know, you know, I've got something. You know, you know, oh, my God. You know, you're a good Try to man. stand out somehow. I don't know. Well, this actually uh, ties into what you're on stage for your Chicago Center-in-Chief. Uh, but before that... Weren't you a food and... Uh, I was a food and drink editor, yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, see, that's, uh, the first time I contacted uh, Chuck was about four or five years ago, and I said, hey, why don't we do a drink series at The Hungry Brain? We'll feature a beer a month, and then mm-hmm. nothing happened. And then uh, five years later, I actually do a talk show, so thanks about that. How did you move up in the ranks of Chicago? Well, our, uh, my predecessor, Marcus Gilmer, uh, took a job as an associate editor for uh, the Onion AV Club. Ooh! Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a stepping stone. Um, so basically, he does what Jen Chung, who's the executive editor and publisher of Gothamist, does with all the other sites in 
that network. Mm. For those of you that don't know, uh, Chicagoist is one of, I think, like, what, 20 now? Ist 13. sites. Thank you. Great, yeah. Um, it started in New York, Gothamist, correct? Mm-hmm. And now it was Chicago, Philly, et cetera. I think Philly closed, actually. Philly closed. DCist. Um, yeah, DC, plural. LA, yeah. San Francisco. It goes on and on. What do you like about writing for Chicagoist? Or do you like writing for Chicagoist? I do. I do. Good it's, answer. You know, it's, a big, yeah, it's, a, it's a wonderful, ch- it's a big change of pace from just doing the food and drink side to covering everything else. Uh, well, you know, because. It it allows me to you know divulge or you know or dive into you know other interests besides just food and drink. Is food and drink still your specialty? It would be, but I think it would be a disservice to you know who, you know to Anthony Todd who took over for me as food and drink okay. editor. It's very diplomatic. To focus of you. on that. I mean, okay, why do you let a man named Tank Boy write for you? His name is Tank Boy. What about real names? Chuck Sudo, real name? Oh, it's a totally real name. That's his real name, Tank Boy. Yeah, his, well, at the, at he was really pissed when Lori Petty released that film <laughs> at featuring Ice T. At this point, he's a tank man. At, at, Sorry, that was yeah. just mean. I'm a, I'm why mean. do I let a boy? Why do I let a man named Tank Boy write for me? Yeah. Well, um, you know, oh, you're gonna answer. This is great. Yeah. Go, keep going. No, I mean, you know, I, I think Jim. I, I, I yeah. Can't, I can't. I yeah. Can't, I exactly. Can't, I can't, because you're a human being that's a man and doesn't call other people Tank Boy. No, J- you know Jim. Jim's a good sorry, writer. You I'm know, sorry. good writer first and foremost. But he also has, you know, impeccable criticism skills as you know as as a music critic, and he's got some. You know, he's got some. You know, good connections as well within you know within the local you know within the local indie rock community, such as it is. You mean cocaine? That's all you need for connections. Or, I'll be the most connected man of the night if you give me two hours. Or in this hours. case, Guinness and Maker's Mark. So. Yeah, so he goes to Liars Club a lot. We get it. <laughs> Sorry. That's just mean. Why am I being mean to you? You're so nice. You brought me a gift. You let a man named Tank Boy write. It's fantastic. Yeah. Do you like this city? Where are you from? I grew up on the northwest side. Oh, did you? Yeah. Where? Specifically. Uh, well, born and raised uh, in Hermosa Park, which is just west of Logan Square. Okay. Um, and then, you know... I, you joined the Navy out of high school. Really? Mm-hmm. How was that? Yeah, it had its moments. What year is out of high school here? Uh, I graduated in 87, so I did deferred entry from 88 to 94, and then came back after I was discharged in 94. What? Sorry, that always sounds funny to me. What did you do f- uh, for those six years? Did you, did you kill any brown people? No. Fantastic. <laughs> That's awesome. Screwed a lot of them. but you know, That's but, awesome. Good for you. <laughs> Are you single right now? Yeah, after saying that, exactly, most likely. fantastic. <laughs> so, a lot of people that join the Navy are big uh, food aficionados, I'm assuming, and that's why you started writing about food and drink. Well, not necessarily. No, I mean, it was the opposite. Well, I was, you know, was a big food aficionado, but I just didn't recognize it until later on. I How think. was the food in the service? Was when it you know, when was you get off the ship? It's good. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> How often did you get off the ship? Yeah, very often. Oh, that's very, good. Yeah, very often. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I think you know the six years that I did, the six years that I served were pretty charmed. I mean, yeah, I mean, it wasn't necessarily, you know, wasn't you know, it, you know, in combat operations or anything. It was always either sort of logistic support for you know oceanographic research or you know or you know working on ships that were still being commissioned. So, yeah. So you know, we didn't do you know we didn't do much in the way of you know, standard, you know, you know, standard combat operations. We were just trying to get these ships floating. More Do you miss else. any of that? I miss the travel. Yeah, I mean, I definitely miss the travel. I mean, what's the best place you went? Best place? Nice question, Merle. God, what is the best place I went to? Cuba. Cuba, really? really? <laughs> How? What, did you drive a '50s car? No. Did you smoke a cigar? Did you play a lot of baseball? We smoked cigars, definitely. Did, you know, danced a lot of sambas and you know, danced a lot of you know, you know, you know, a lot of that Buena Vista social club stuff. Um, and you know, instead of driving you know fifty-seven Chevys, we just you know pedal you know fifty-year-old bicycles instead. Oh, that's not as fun. No, it is. <laughs> it is. It is. Why? You know, just well, you know, you know, I've al- I've always been a big bike. You know, I've always been a big fan of bicycles. You know, you know, if, even coming back here, you know, my main main mode of transportation after I was discharged, you know, was, you know, a bicycle. And, yeah. You know, it's just, you know, it's a bike, you know, it's a bike friendly city. It's much more bike friendly now than when it was, you know, what, you know, 17 Five, seven years, years ago. ago. Yeah. yeah. That's actually a great transition. Um, Chicago is one of the most bike friendly cities in the country. It's, mm-hmm. it's one of the best parts about the city. 
What are some of the parts of the city that people don't know about? That was a shitty transition. I'm sorry. Anything south of Madison, really? Anything south of Madison? Any, really, you know, or you know the way the way the artists, you know the way you know the way the starving artists are moving. They're moving in the neighborhoods uh, close to downtown on the south side, like Pilsen, mm-hmm. Bridgeport, McKinley Park. I'm popping my peas. Aren't right? you? It's yes, great. Like, that actually sounded like a great sound yeah. effect. Thanks for making this harder to edit. Yeah, but <laughs> fantastic. Yeah, Where do you live? I live in Bridgeport. Did you bike here? No, I took the train. You're smart. Yeah. Yeah, have fun getting home. It's going to suck. Well, as long as I get home before 11.30 when the gates close, I'll be fine. What gates? What train are you taking? The green line? Um, I'll probably take, you know, you know, take the blue line down to the orange line and then the orange line over. So, so you're on the orange line archer stop or something? Mm-hmm. Okay. People could go home with you now. Yeah. <laughs> It's going to be fantastic. Ladies. How long have you been editor-in-chief of Chicago East? Uh, it's, I'm going into my seventh full month right now. Okay, so, okay, so you're a newbie about yeah. this. What's the best part about it? Best part about it is being, you know, again, just being able to get up and actually do this for a living during the day. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. pretty fantastic. Yeah, you know, I think prior to that, I you know, was working in a property tax law firm. You know, so That sounds awful. It had, again, it, another job that had its moments, I think. You're yeah. very diplomatic. This wine is really, or whatever I'm drinking is really hitting me. Yeah, that, sugar, that, that sugar's going <laughs> to knock you out. Why do I keep drinking this shit? Oh, my God. It's like right Don't in the middle. Don't call it shit. It's his shit. It's, it's good. It's good. I'm sorry. It's brilliant. And this is very Lady Sings the Blues right now. You got the shit. I'm, it's right in the middle of my chest. It's burning. I feel like poor Iron Man. No? All right. What? Yeah, one guy like that. That's good. <laughs> <sighs> Sorry. Oh, good lord. Oh, yeah. By the way, Merle and I had a, before you. had a fantastic Ethiopian dinner, which we shoveled in our mouths. That's the worst food to eat quickly. Yeah, and I keep burping it up. And then putting this on top of it was just a good idea. <laughs> I'm going to shit all over a plane, literally. <laughs> Hopefully, That's I'll be passed be out, and I'll just... That's the best part about working with children. Um... <laughs> They always smell like shit. It doesn't matter how, what you do, what you smell like. You're fine. I'm serious. Work with kids. It's fantastic. Okay. Have you worked with kids, Chuck Sudo? There you go. No. No? No. The one thing you have What about done. Tank Boy? It's technically a child. Sorry. It's boy. Get it? Oh, I totally get it. Okay, good. <laughs> good, good, good. I was worried Believe. you didn't get it. Uh, this is not late live show material. That's too no. inside. Okay. Oh. <laughs> well, we want to go through one of your Chicago stories today. It actually ties into Time Out Chicago as well. Merle? Yeah, it's about the lies that the Chicagoans, us Chicagoans tell ourselves. Ah. We I, don't know who wrote it because it just says staff. Staff, well, it, it, it you was all, a, Chuck, you all. It was a, it was a collaborative effort. Fantastic. You know, uh, some, you know, uh, one, of our, one of our staffers had uh, read the Time Out story about, mm-hmm. you know, about lies Chicagoans tell themselves. And... Thought it would be a good, you know, he thought it would be a good idea to maybe, you know, collaborate, you know, or, or, you know, to pitch it out to the rest of the staff, you know, the, you know, the larger staff. Of course. To come up with other things, you know, maybe something, you know, some other things that were maybe a little bit more pointed than other, you know, than what the, what the timeout article had. And, you know, so we, you know, so, you know, we have a, you know, a little Google group where we can meet up and, you know, chart over, you know, the, you know, the events of the day. Or any upcoming news, or you know, ha- yeah, and, and do things like hash these out. So. Yeah, and some of these I love because I am I am guilty of saying this to people outside of the city. Like we're hardy souls who can handle this weather. It's like when I go to California, I'll be like, "You guys are pussies. We have cold weather." No. Yeah, yeah that bomb. Next. All right. <laughs> uh, the taste of Chicago is the highlight of the summer. Who actually believes that? I don't. Yeah, I know, but like yeah. this is not. That's these are lies. So people are telling. Yeah, these who things. is telling them that? I don't know because it is shitty. Oh, yeah, no. no one is enjoying that. It's terrible. Well, I'm not enjoying it, but I, I know my mother did when she was living in. You know, when she was still living in Chicago, she's like, "You want to go to good. taste?" And I was like, "No." What year was it? Oh God! It matters. Yeah. Next <laughs> story, Merle. <laughs> uh, things on the south side aren't really that bad. Probably because they're not on the south side. <laughs> yeah, they aren't. Well, yeah, yeah, in certain parts they aren't. <laughs> yeah, uh, the white parts. Yeah. <laughs> no, I said that because Chicago's super segregated and racist, yep. so it makes more sense now. Hey, uh, a three-hour wait at Kuma's is totally acceptable. There hasn't been a three-hour wait in three years. It's an hour at most now. There's always Burger King to get onion rings while you wait. 
<laughs> or the chicken fries. Or Square, the smartest bar ever, but that are just cashing in on people that think they're at Kuma's. It's great. Yeah. Wait, There's a bar that opened up in the old Mojo space called Square, and they made it look similar kind of in terms of the beer they sell to Kuma's. Yeah. So whenever people are waiting, they're like, I'll just go to Square. It's brilliant. That's I wouldn't it. be caught dead at Navy Pier. You won't go to Navy Pier. Everyone goes to that fucking place. I think that I just keep swearing. You got a lot of anger to I me. know. No, but it's true. Like, everyone's like, oh, Navy Pier. I would go there. I go there, like, every other month. Why? I don't know. It's bubblegum shrimp, isn't it? No. I've never been in that place. Have you, Chuck, as a food aficionado, bubblegum shrimp, good or great? <laughs> there's no third option, is no, there? No, there's not. Good Jeez. or great? Man. If good means really, 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 really fucking bad. So that's good. It's yeah, good. Yeah, 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 Bubblegum shrimp starter jackets, good or great? <laughs> great. great. Exactly. <laughs> Is it just me or do you also want to go to Six Flags and impregnate a very young woman right now? All this bubblegum shrimp and grog or whatever the fuck is in my chest. Tank Boy soundtrack. It's going to be great. Mm. All those indie rock connections. I'm sorry, dude. You're so nice. (laughs) Jesus, what happened to this show? I'm having too much weird fun. It's the glug. It is the glug. glug. You're a good sport. (sighs) What's the one story you wish you could write for Chicagoist? As far as? Anything. The one story I wish I could write? Is there anything you can't write about? There really isn't. I mean, yeah, I think, you know, but, you know, there, there isn't. I mean, I'd love to be able to have the, you know, the resources and the wherewithal to actually do a lot more original reporting than just aggregation. Mm-hmm. But that's one of the benefits you know, and one of the wonderful advantages of new, you know, new media, blogs and things like that, is that we can take, you know, that, you know, that one sort of story that, it, you know, say, you know, a Sun-Times article that isn't, Looking, you know, that isn't, you know, that that's only showing one side of the story, and maybe we can find something for context, you know, you know and, and say, well, you know, here's another way to look at it. Here's another way to, you know, here's another way to consider this. I think, uh, you know, a case in point was, you know, one of the one of the, you know, stories we wrote today was about the guy who just got, got out of, you know, who just got out of prison last weekend. But you know, five, you know, five or six years ago, he killed, he ran over a cabbie with the cabbie's cat, you know, taxi. And I knew that we had stories in that in our art, you know, in our archives, which was odd because you know, first, you know, I'm thinking we we can actually say that we have archives. Yeah, we, you guys have been going for a while now. Yeah, and then you know, and then second, I'm looking at what we wrote back then about the story, and I'm thinking, Jesus Christ, we really had no boundaries back then. Yes. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think you know, you know we. It could be, you know, angry snark for the sake of being an angry and snarky just to gain attention. And I don't think we can, you know, that's not something that we can do anymore. Yeah. But, you know, those types of stories, I'd love to be able, you know, you know once in a while I would love to be able to do maybe, a, you know, a righteously angry story. But, you know, you can't do it just for the sake of doing that. You know, sort of like looking, you know, you know, you know looking at the green flash on the horizon and seeing where it's at. And then, you know, once it flashes, it's gone. Yeah. And... That's what the archives reminded me of this morning. Just and thanks for doing this show because it ties directly into that. <laughs> really? Well, let's be honest. Okay. I've been too mean. It's not going to age well. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> uh, it got real at the end. Uh, it got meta. <laughs> yeah, let's give him a gift. Uh, here is a. Uh, it's a forty. That's forty-five, right? Yeah, that's a forty-five. Okay. <laughs> or a seven-inch. Oh, I thought it was different. A okay. dick. Continue. Uh, it's, uh, let's see. If Dick was slammed oh, together and put a hole through it and then... It's the cricket song. I'm, I'm only giving this to you because um, I read somewhere that I think crickets are the future of, of food. Yeah, but... Look Very at, new protein. That's but the look at the, the other y- side. Yeah, but it, it's Donna Fargo, by the way. It's like, oh my God. But I was just thinking because it's, like it's, whole it's protein, thing. crickets are the future of food. That's what we'll be yeah, eating too. And covered in chocolate, they are tasty. And then uh, Tuxedo Jun- Junction's Chattanooga Choo Choo. Only because I like to say Chattanooga Choo Choo. <laughs> Time for plugs, 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 plugs. As always, uh, do you know, if if you are so inclined, check you know you know do uh, look up chicagoist.com. Uh, like us on face, you know, like like the page on Facebook and follow us on Twitter, uh, twitter.com at sh- uh, your Chicagoist. Uh, really, I mean, you know, we usually got something up. At least twenty or thirty times a day. So it's fantastic. <laughs> Once again, everybody, please put your hands together. Chuck Suter, everybody. Coming to the stage, 
One of the youngest, one of the brightest, and definitely one of the prettiest. Please put your hands together, everybody, for Dan Ronan, everybody. Dan Ronan. Thank you, everybody. How's it going? Make some noise. How's it going? My name is uh, Dan Ronan. I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about what's going on in my life right now. I, uh, I just read this book about pickup artists, and I found out pickup artists have a strategy called negging, where you make fun of someone so they'll sleep with you. That's creepy, because I think that means every guy in my fourth grade gym class was trying to bang me. <laughs> Being a kid was rough. I don't know if you guys have had this conversation with your friends, but I was a con having a conversation with one of my buddies the other day. We were talking about what it would be like to meet yourself when you were four years old. My friend was like, yeah, Dan. I don't know if I'd want to. I think my four-year-old self would be really disappointed in me for not following my childhood dreams. Isn't that sad? I was like, yeah, I think my four-year-old self would be really disappointed in me for not following my childhood dreams too. But that's not sad because when I was four years old, my dream was to drive a garbage truck and be married to my mom. <laughs> Pretty glad that didn't come true. Be awkward at Christmas. I had a hard time being a kid. The only class I ever got a good grade in in my entire life was my high school creative writing class because my teacher, Mr. Nimitz, gave me this great tip. He said, Dan, if you want to get a good grade in my class, always write what you know. Write what you know. So on my final exam, I wrote, I know Mr. Nimitz is having an affair. I got an A plus and 50 bucks. So. And then I hit puberty a week ago. That was messy. Recommended. I was thinking about it was something that happened right after I hit puberty, the first time I ever pleased myself. I remember you guys probably all have this memory. It was a new feeling for me. It was really exciting. I never felt anything like it before. And I remember thinking to myself as I was doing it, like, oh, my God, this feels so good. I want to do this forever. Little did I know somewhere in the corner of the universe, the cruel voice of fate was saying, don't worry. You are going to do this forever. It's rough, man. I have my first girlfriend now, though. My first whatever. <laughs> Very excited. It sucks. <laughs> the other day, she was on Facebook, and she was scrolling through Facebook profiles, and she came across this guy that we both know who, I hate him. He's a piece of shit. He wears tiny hats. His favorite movie is Jurassic Park. I don't like him at all. <laughs> so I thought I'd play a fun little relationship game with her. I was like, hey, baby, how much would I have to pay you to sleep with that guy? <laughs> thinking that she was going to be like, oh my god, shut up. Like, no amount of money. It would have to be like $40 trillion, and I'd kill myself right afterwards and donate the money to Greenpeace. Oh my god, shut up. <laughs> what she said was, uh, $5,000. That's not enough money. She could have said any amount of money in the world. She settled for the price of half of a Segway. That's ridiculous. <laughs> and it made me feel really self-conscious in the back of my head. I was like, does she really like me, or is somewhere across town her last boyfriend writing her a check for $5,000? <laughs> It's like, fuck, I didn't really think she'd do it. Guy's a real zero. I don't know. I'm not built for relationships, I've discovered. I'm a very jealous, paranoid person. This morning, I texted my girlfriend, and she didn't text me right back, so immediately I was like, oh, she's cheating on me. That's the only possible explanation. The reason she doesn't have hands free to text is because she's using both hands to jerk two dicks off at the same time <laughs> onto the face that I kiss. And then another part of my brain was like, Dan, calm down. She probably just got in a car crash. It's fine. She's probably just dead. <laughs> I don't know. I like going to movies with my girlfriend. This past weekend, I had to go to a movie by myself because my girlfriend and I, we really couldn't agree on what to do. Like, I really wanted to go see The Fighter, and she really wanted to break up with me. So I was like, yeah. So I went to this movie by myself, but it was 10 p.m. on a Sunday in the suburbs, so I was alone in the whole theater. There was no one else there. It was really sad. Like, this Fandango commercial came on, and it was these two puppets being like, we like popcorn. And I was like, oh, great. Even a fucking brown paper bag can find someone to go to a movie with it. The most awkward part of the entire night, though, and the reason that I'm telling you this story, is because five minutes into the movie, I really had to go to the bathroom. Right before I was about to get up and go to the bathroom, this couple walked into the theater, the only other two people in the theater, and it was a black couple. So I was like, oh, my God, I can't get up and go to the bathroom now because I will look like the most racist person ever. <laughs> if I'm sitting in a giant movie theater totally alone, two black people walking, I stand up like, nope, not today, <laughs> storm out of the theater. <laughs> 
I didn't know what to do, though. I really had to go to the bathroom, so I just ran out, and as I passed them, I yelled, I'm not racist! <laughs> Fucking confusing for them. I also like to watch movies on Netflix. Round of applause. Anybody here have Netflix? Does Netflix bullshit? I'm really spoiled with the Netflix streaming, though, I've noticed, where you can watch movies instantly. And I noticed how spoiled I was this past week. My Netflix streaming went out. And my first thought was, oh, Netflix streaming went out? This is what it must be like to live in a third world country. (laughs) And I realized, no, Dan, they have bigger problems in third world countries, like no food. But I wish, though, Netflix was their biggest problem, because then you would see awesome commercials. Where it's like a little African kid with flies buzzing and sad music is playing. And then this British lady comes on a voiceover and she's like, Did you know that for just 25 cents a day, little Takambe could watch season one of Dexter? <laughs> I'd be like, fuck yeah, I'm doing that. That's a great show, absolutely. Here's a quarter. I, know, I, li- I like watching porn, too. Um, <laughs> I'm openly a porn watcher. I came out to my family and everything. I am. I disagree with what people say about people in porn, though. They say that they're bad actors, that they can't act, which I disagree with. I think the people in porn are maybe the best actors, especially the women, because they do horrible shit that there's no way anybody could like, and they pretend to fucking love it. All I'm saying is that if you, as a woman, can drink a beer bong full of semen, and then afterwards go, mmm, yum, best supporting actress right there. And I say supporting because, let's face it, the semen is the real star. (laughs) I saw this one video the other day on Pornhub. It was called uh, Horny Slut Cheats on Her Boyfriend, which I was like, okay, I don't need the backstory, but fine. (laughs) They're going to be having sex. I'll watch it. That's cool. I could do that. But then she kept coming back to the boyfriend thing, the whole video. Like, she was getting it from behind. She was like, oh, my God. Can you imagine if my boyfriend walked in on us? I was like, no, I don't want to. I'm jerking off. Why would I want to do that? (laughs) And then later on, she was blowing the guy, which I am for. I think that's great. Then she took the dick out of her mouth, which I'm against. I don't like that at all. (laughs) And she was like... (laughs) She was like, oh, my God. My boyfriend would be so mad if he goes, yes. And my boyfriend would be like, he was all mad. You know, these ladies in porn. And I was like, do the people that made this video think that I'm only watching it because I hate this girl's boyfriend? I'm sitting there like, oh, yeah, I hope he loses his job, too. Oh, his parents are about to tell him he's adopted. Here I come. (laughs) Ridiculous. The saddest part of any porn website is uh, the hand job section on a porn website. Like, I don't know what the internet equivalent of cobwebs are, but it has that all over it somehow. There's, like, one video. Because like, handjobs, uh, round of applause, who here has ever given or received a handjob in this room? Anyone who has gotten a handjob, I'm sorry. Anyone who's given a handjob, just stop it. Don't do it anymore. The first time I got a hand job, it wasn't even pleasurable. It was just a girl, like, yanking on my dick like she was mad at it. Like, I hesitate to even call it a hand job. It wasn't a hand doing a job. It was like a hand that got sent to do community service by its parole officer. It was fucking pissed. She wasn't into it at all. The only reason she did it is because her last boyfriend wrote her a check for $5,000. You guys have been awesome. Thank you very much. Sit down, sit down, sit down. We weren't supposed to do an interview with Dan because we had two guests and we're running along, but you're actually funny. Uh, why? <laughs> That's brutal. That's true. Oh, okay. How old are you? I am 21 years young. Fucking shit. It smells like fire up here, by the way. Yeah, oh. Let's end the interview, everybody. Dan Ronan, everybody. <laughs> Dan Ronan. That's not a joke. Clap okay. for Dan Ronan, everybody. Goodbye. Bye, everybody. Play some music. Really, it smells like fire. Give us like 10 minutes. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening! (laughs) Thank you.
No. 
member of our band, my cousin David Rose, who plays a million instruments, and he would normally do a mandolin solo where I was doing the mouth horn thing. Thanks again. 